Welcome to the Bear Den. Once again, I'm Matt Workman, and I'm joined by my good friend, Joe Goodman. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, man. Getting getting into spring, getting into that, that Easter mood. Yeah. Have you gotten, it, have you gotten any eggs yet? You gotten any chocolate, any candy? Um, well, we have some in the house. I'm not a big chocolate person, you know? Mm-hmm. So Teddy had his egg hunt at daycare today, and uh, he came home with just a bunch of candy that I won't let him eat because he's not even two yet. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. So I I have some Starburst. So like I'm I'm a big like Robin eggs guy. So it's like the malted milk ball. Basically, it's a okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just in the shape of an egg. I like those. And then, like any fruit, synthetic fruit candy. Reese's eggs are the best. Reese's, Reese's eggs are uh, yes, and we have those in our in our home. Um, so those are always plentiful around here. Um, we don't have any. What's your stance on Peeps? I don't have a strong opinion on them. Like I don't prefer them, but I, yeah. they're just marshmallows. That's all they are. I just, I just, I think they're disgusting. Okay. Like, I don't Maybe. think they're good, but they're like, yeah. if somebody was like, you have to eat this peep, it'd be like, okay, sure. It's not like mayonnaise for me. Like, I don't, I don't have yeah. a, I, I don't really care. I know that there's like people out there that have very strong opinions on how I just don't are. like them. I'm, I'm not to the point of mayonnaise. Like if I had to eat one, I would, it wouldn't make me sick. I, I remember growing up, there would taste. always be like two packages of them around Easter at our house, but I don't think anybody ever actually like ate them. They like they were just always there. Yeah, every Easter. they're just they're like covered in sugar. They're super sweet, of course, because the outer sugary, whatever that is, whatever kind of sub- sugary substance that is. And then it's just a marshmallow. Yeah, but it's like a stale marshmallow. Yeah, it's not like it, you're not getting no jet puffed. Like, yeah, even even a marshmallow thinks like this is a little too squishy and sticky. It's like the like cereal marshmallow, maybe like those type of. Yeah, like a wet one. Yeah, because it's not as it's not as hard. Yeah, but yeah, it's not it's it's not elite. It's not good. No. No. So yeah, I'm I'm more of a, you know. Like you mentioned, Starburst, any kind of like, you know, Twizzler type thing, Je- even jelly beans. I'm down with that. Starburst, Skittles, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I just got an event that uh, Yellow Card is going to be playing near me on July 25th. So just thought you might want to know that. Cool, cool. Yeah, you can go hear some Ocean Avenue live. Yeah, I'm going to Matt, have I have a question for you. Go for it. We're, there's not much sports really to get into on a regular basis. So like we're in that no. we're in that period where until football season, really, like we'll talk about stuff, but we're going to have more fun. <clears throat> sure. So while we wait for football and we kind of come into these intros and stuff, um, the Bear Dan wants to answer some some questions that people like to ask on the internet around whether or not um, they are an asshole. So, it, Matt, uh, I have an "Am I the asshole?" post 
uh, from Reddit ready to go this week. And and you and I are going to read it and, and we're going to make a decision on if we think this person is indeed an asshole. It's a pretty popular subreddit. If you never heard of it, basically yeah. people come and they, they present a life situation an occurrence that has happened an act that they have done. Um, and they ask the question to random strangers on the internet since I have done this thing, does that make me an asshole? And then people people vote and decide if they're an asshole or not. So, man, uh, let's. I got our first one this week, and the title is, "Am I the asshole for going to work while my wife was having her appendix out?" So, on the surface, being a married man. And I, you know, I'm curious to see what what you think before we even hear the story. Like, okay. I'm kind of like, man, uh, did you really have to go to work while your wife was having surgery? Yeah. So, from a surface level, just from the title, I would, if it was, if I was in that position, I would not be working. Yeah, I, that's just yeah. me. With without any further context, yeah, right? It's just on the title. Yeah. So, all right. So here, here's the story. Here's our context and we'll decide. Um, so this is a 31 year old man and a 32 year old woman that are involved here. My wife was having a ton of really bad abdominal pain last weekend. I drove her to urgent care on Saturday morning. She didn't want to go, but I basically made her urgent care made her go to the ER where they determined that her appendix needed to come out that day. She called her mom before surgery. Her mom must have told both of my parents as well, because all three ended up at the hospital to be with her during her surgery. Now, here's where the conflict lies. I was scheduled for work at 5 p.m. that night. I've just started a new job that pays really well. I've only started it a couple of weeks ago, so I'm brand new at it, and I didn't want to call in. They probably would have been cool with it given the circumstances, but I still didn't want to do it. I didn't even have PTO for it yet. I would have either had to take the uh, take the day unpaid or have gone negative on my PTO. If you're not aware, PTO stands for paid time off. Um, so while my wife was having the surgery, I went into work and pulled my shift. My wife is upset with me. She is accusing me of, quote, abandoning her. But I think that's unfair. She was having a completely routine surgery and she had plenty of company and support. I, it was unfortunate that I couldn't be there and I feel bad about it, but it's not as if I'm a surgeon and could have made a big difference. I had to work, period, and I'm too new there to call in. The timing sucked, but my wife's health outcomes were the same either way. Her mother gets it and so does my father, but my mom thinks I should have called in. Am I the asshole? Yes. So Matt, Matt, yeah. now that you now you got the, the guy's context, so he... His wife not feeling great. She doesn't want to go to the doctor. And he's like, no, 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 you need to. Takes takes her to the doc. They say, you need to get to the hospital. Your appendix needs to come out. The guy says, all right, we get other family involved. So you've got a, a you've got a support group that apparently is here at the hospital. And guy's just started a new job and he doesn't want to call in because he doesn't have time off to even take yet. And he he's worried about, I guess, making a bad impression on his yeah. employer for you know, saying I can't be at work right after starting work so soon. Um, what do you think, Matt? Well, um, I think he is the asshole. I'm okay. pretty sure about that. Now, he does say routine surgery. However, earlier is like, essentially, this is an emergency appendectomy. 
that this his wife is going into because when they go they are oh we need to take this out today like right now it's not like we'll schedule it for later on in the week right like, which i think like, is part of his issue as well like it caught it's like this is a last minute thing like if it if we could schedule it for later then yeah i could probably call off i'm of i'm generally of the mind like i even though it's a procedure that's probably done a lot and we have great surgeons in the united states of america if there's like a there's a there's always a chance something could go wrong uh, even how like minute that chance is and me personally I would want to be there in that instance, just in case. I am going to agree with you. Um, I'm not like a hard, full on, you're a crazy asshole for this, but he is like, it's your family, man. You got to stay. I had, I worked at a place where we hired an employee that the first day on the job, uh, told the company, oh, by the way, I'm about to be gone for a week on a skiing trip that I booked six months ago that she never yeah. mentioned um, during the hiring process. She kept her job. Like People looked down on her for a little while. I will say that, but she ended up being a pretty good employee. It was just like, she was like, oh, yeah, I didn't think to tell you guys this, but I, I booked a trip for a week six months ago, so I'm going to be gone for a week right after I started my job. And even in that, even in that situation... Um, while it was kind of like, I think she even got a like, Hey, that's, that's pretty uncool, but, but we're not going to stop you kind of thing. Um, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like you just, yeah. you, it, I think it, they would the understand thing like... that got to me in the story was the guy is making assumptions where yeah. it's like, what you got to you, you call work and you say like, Hey, I can come in. My wife's got support. Um, I would just really like to be here for her, though. But if you guys really, really need me to come in, I can be there. But I just I wanted to give you a heads up that this is going on. Like he didn't even call in and ask. Yeah. And then the part that he answers his own question is like the the third. I think it's the third paragraph or fourth, maybe um, where he says, my wife is upset with me. OK, then you're the asshole. She had surgery. Yeah. She wanted you there. Yeah. So she felt abandoned. The top comment. um, which I think kind of sums up the majority of the comments under this post is you are the asshole. It was important to her that you be there. That's your wife having surgery, man. You could have taken off work. All but the absolute worst workplaces would understand my wife is having an urgent surgery, but you prioritized your job over your wife. Yeah. So, yeah, I tend to agree. Yeah, you're the asshole. Buy flowers. Yep. Um, and many, many other nice things. Um, take your wife out on a bunch of dates and let her go do go do things on her own away from you for a while because you're gonna Yeah, and honestly now she house. gets she gets to cut out one of your organs. So yeah. Good luck. Which what was interesting to me about that story though is the guy said that her mom and his dad were both on his side, like, oh no, no. And it's like, what? Come on. <laughs> I think it's her. I get her mom. Like, no, it's fine. I was there. It's that's her mother. So she would. It's fair. Yeah. Like, and I, the I take better care of my daughter than you would anyway, kind of thing. The dad's probably just thinking, like a like a dude's like, well, we had three. Uh, yeah. It's if it's an old, yeah, these people are in their thirties, so the dad's older. He's probably like, well, of course, work takes priority. 
And of course, it's his. It's his mom that's his like, mom is like better than this. You should have. I should. My son should have been there for his. Yeah, wife. my son should have been there for his wife. That's what his mom is. You, yeah. So that makes sense. So look forward. We're gonna kind of Joe's gonna pick them out every week, and we'll do like a uh, "Am I the asshole?" question of the week. I've had some. I I have legitimately had a couple of people ask me. Um, they're like, Hey, I have, are you okay? I noticed you haven't been on a Twitter as much lately. And I'm like, it's just, it's not football or basketball season anymore. And, and to be honest with you, a big part of it's just, I've been reading a lot more stuff on Reddit. <laughs> yeah. I've been doom scrolling elsewhere. For sure. So since basketball is no more, um, NCAA crowned a, a new champion, UConn Huskies. In the men's side and LSU on the women's side. Um, after Baylor was eliminated on both both tournaments, what was your consumption of college basketball like? Um, it was mostly background noise. Like I was I was following it, but I didn't I didn't heavily watch. I wasn't as into the tournament this year, and I think it was because I was. Uh, I was coming back from England. Yeah, when it was all... vacations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like I completely missed the conference tournaments. Um, so I, I, I just I was a little out of sync with basketball this off season or, or this postseason. Um, so yeah, I didn't really watch it. Um, I did watch uh some of the women's national championship. Um, but yeah, besides that. I didn't. I did not watch a a ton of games, uh, other than just being like, "Oh, they're on right now." Sure, while I'm doing my dishes or whatever. This is what I'll have it on the background. I think I watched. Um, the men. I I kept up with like the Big Twelve teams. Like, well, I mean, predominantly it was like K State. Um, I really didn't watch Texas. They is played in the um, Elite Eight. And then um, once they got eliminated, I was like, I really didn't even turn it on. Unless it was something like you get an alert, like it's a close game with like a few minutes left. And like, well, I'm going to check it out, you know, see what kind of dramatic ending there is. But other than that, I didn't really watch. I didn't watch. I didn't watch a single second of the national championship game on the men's side. I was watching I, baseball. Yeah. And on the, on the other hand, I did watch. I watched the, the women's championship like in its entirety. Like that was horribly officiated in my opinion but also um there's a couple I didn't I mean, watch it, enough of it to form an opinion on anything yeah so it wasn't that it was one-sided bad it was like they were just bad all around calling fouls that most people would look at so that's not you normally wouldn't call that a foul or it was blatantly like not a foul there was like no contact or like they get all ball, but I mean, and like I said, it's both sides. And then there's that. I don't, I'm sure you've seen the clip of that. Whenever um, Caitlin Clark got teed up, whenever yeah. she already had three fouls, and that's another personal foul, so it made her have four. So then she's taken out of the game even more. So they kind of it. Um, it was frustrating, and a lot of people tuned in. I mean, I will say it's it's great for women's basketball. Because a lot of people tuned in on one side because you have, you know, probably the best shooter maybe in NCAA men and women in the Caitlin Clark. And then you have the whole, 
on for me as as a you know a Baylor fan, and then you have Kim Mulkey on the other sideline, and you just kind of wanted to see what was going to happen with there. So, um, yeah, it was a if you if you had good. to have one person make a shot for you, and you got to choose between, and this is the college version of each of these, and you had to choose between Steph Curry, Adam Morrison, Jimmer Fredette. And Caitlin Clark, who would you pick? I think that just comes down to like Steph Curry and Caitlin Clark. Okay. For, in those, those, his run before he went to the draft in the tournament, and then this past one for Caitlin Clark. I mean, I don't think there's any, they're about the same, in my opinion. So I think you could That's just, fair. it's a coin flip for those two. That's fair. As good as, uh, Jimmer was and Adam Morrison didn't in the NCAA in their runs. Though I think they're um, just a little bit below those two. That's pure shooters. Okay, I'll take it. I'll buy that. So, uh, so during that game, you may have seen this. Um, I know you said you watched at it a little bit, but there's a big kerfuffle about. Uh, I guess you'd call it taunting. You know the. It's just trash talking. Who cares? Yeah, so that's what and that's my thing. I'm pro like taunting and pro trash talk uh, across the board. I think there should be more of it in all sports. I'm I'm pro bat flips. I'm throw pitchers talking shit from the mound. I'm, all of it's good. I I've never understood people getting offended on behalf of other people. Like it's if if somebody cheap shots somebody like. You know, like if you're watching a soccer match and somebody does just some like blatant physically to another player or you're watching football like in in Dominican Sue, you know, steps on a guy's groin, you know, you see things like that. Then, yeah. Yeah, that's call it out. Like in basically hurting someone on purpose. Like, of course, call it out. But like we are talking about trash talk. Like nobody's harmed here. Like you, you don't have to go be offended for somebody else, even if they end up being offended. But in this case, like Caitlin Clark came out and was like, I don't care. Um, so yeah, like it's just it's yeah, performative she, performative offense is what I mean. People- I just don't and it was there's also a part of it, and this is just the nature of things, is like their people are clutching their pearls over the the African American athlete doing it. Whenever we were celebrating Caitlin Clark, when she was doing the "you can't see anything" on and talking shit during a Louisville game, yeah, oh no, no one, no mean, one cared about. Plenty it. Of, it was like, oh, look, there were plenty is... of the word. There was plenty of the word "thug" thrown around on Twitter after that happened. Yes, for sure. But yeah, they should play like the first game of next season, though. That'd be great. Instead, yeah, they won't do that, epic. but it'd be fun. And then Jill Biden had to weigh in and was like, they both should go to the White House, which is an overwhelmingly bad idea. <laughs> and that just tells me, like, Jill Biden, like, A, either doesn't watch sports regularly. Yeah, she's B, a doctor, never played, so like, never played sports. Like, yeah, I mean, she's Dr. Jill Biden. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think she has a whole strong knowledge of the of the sports landscape and it came off to me as very much just like the like a sweet mom thing like i think everybody should be able to come they're just wonderful yeah it was very it was laughable though it was just 
No. That's a horrible not. idea. <laughs> you don't get to go when you lose. First of all, you got to know who you're dealing with. <laughs> you don't want LSU and Kim Mulkey there with them at, at the same time. <laughs> that's There's already plenty of funny Mulkey in the White House pictures. Didn't, did, that's the one. Did they have... Um, McDonald's when they went, or is that someone yeah, else? They had the they had the fast food when they went, and that's the that's the great picture of Mulkey where she's like, she's like icking, she's like eh, looking at the spread. Oh yeah, good stuff. Um, elsewhere in basketball, way. we've kind of gone through. There's a, there's a a shift going on in the men's basketball side with players entering the transfer portal. So, Eldrick Cryer. Del Bonner, Zach Loveday, and Jordan Turner all entered the transfer portal. Yeah. I'm and not all of those, I would say. Overly surprised. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Well, Zach Loveday, Jordan Turner. Well, there's, obvi- you can, there's an obvious reason why they're going. There's, there's no. There's they no want to play. They want to go They want to play. play. They're not going to play. They, they haven't played. Like, they're both. And the the guys that are coming in behind them are are going to be stepping in front of them. Like that's yeah. there's just there's you know they did not develop into I guess something that Scott Drew wanted to put on the floor. So and they want to go somewhere and play. More power to them. So those yeah I agree. I don't think there's much conversation on either of those. Um, with with LJ, there were rumors about it last year, um, and. You know, it. I think it's one yeah. of those things where there's like just a shift in what this team is, and the guys that he came in and played with aren't there anymore. And there's about to be like n- again new major faces coming into this. And I think he just may be like, "I'm ready for something different." Now that now that guys have the availability to do this, you're going to yeah. see it more and more. Like it's just that's just the way it is. So I mean, there, he was quoted as saying that he wants to play some point, and correct. I guess that wasn't going to be an option at Baylor. Yeah, I Which think, makes me believe that Adam Flagg is coming back. I would think. I um, he I would say that Coach Drew is is honest with his guys and just you know, and I I think if Cryer went to him and said, "I want to play point guard," Drew pro- and Drew doesn't think he's a point guard and thinks he's a two, you know, he would say like, "Yeah, sorry, like that's just not the way I see you fitting into our yeah, offense." It's not like, like he wanted because I was reading an article today. I guess it was a twenty four seven where he was saying like he he didn't want to play like primarily point guard, maybe like. 25% of the time at the point. So I guess with Baylor's like, yeah, you're never going to play point guard. You're never yeah. going to be the one. So, which is fair. So, I mean, that's a, I mean, if he wants he to, he may that, come, he's yeah. from, he, he's from Katie where I'm from uh, right outside of Houston. So uh, basically Houston. Um, so yeah. he'll, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I know, I know he's taking a visit to, to U of H. That's a place that wouldn't surprise me. And then uh, Purdue was the, uh, I believe like the number one school on his list coming out of high school, but then they ended up taking another player ahead of him in his class. So that was, yeah. that was one of the big reasons Baylor got him. So I would expect to see U of H and, and Purdue high on yeah. his list. And I heard like talking about like, he's always kind of been has a wandering eye as far as like, wouldn't quite sold if Baylor was a place for him. So. Yeah. And he did plenty for us. Like, yeah, no, he was a great, shooting, will great yeah. Great. Sky won a guard. national championship. Yeah, <laughs> so, no doubt about it. Um, and then with Bonner, I have been, I have heard, um, from somebody I trust, uh, that 
a big reason for him was uh, he he did not like being this far away from home. Like he he was really missing home. Yeah, everything I've heard is that on both sides that was handled like top notch from the player, the coaching staff, and everything about his exit. So, yeah, and I mean, we have talked about on here our feelings about Dale Bonner when he's played in the game, and he's proved he proved us wrong on the back end of the year, which is funny. We, yeah. I think we were probably the two most critical people of Dale Bonner throughout the entire season. Yeah, and- a lot. Most of Baylor Twitter, like they absolutely love him. You we and I would be back, watching like, games, texting back and forth, oh, just being God. like, God, you're Bonner, I'm Bonner again. Here comes a turnover. And, that's and then like... all of a sudden at the end of the year, he turns it around. Um, yeah. I can tell you this, that I have also been told that he 100% um, loved his time at Baylor and like adored the fans and loved like the whole like Big Dale Bonner, uh, Big Dale stuff that people would talk about on Twitter. He thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, so like there's, his is definitely like, it's not that he doesn't like the coaching staff. It's not that he was upset about something. It's not that it, um, the, it was just like his own personal reasons. Um, and like you said, like the coaching staff just 100% supported him and in, in his ability to do what he thought was best for him. It was, it was just one of those cases where again, like now that guys have more freedom to do something like this, like you're stuck. I know there's a lot of people that hate the transfer portal and hate all this stuff, but Man, imagine like, making a decision when you're 17 years old, and then when you're yeah. 19, you realize also, you also like be Baylor's somewhere else. been pretty, you know, advantageous in the transfer portal or transfers. Correct for maybe the portal. I mean, how many of our starting five from the national championship team were like transfers? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, like two. Butler technically was. Davion Mitchell was. Adam Flagler was. Mason uh, Teague was. Uh, Jonathan Chamochachua. Yeah. So it's like four fifths. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, technically three fifths of starters and then your sixth man because yeah. vital, vital to us. Flotomba has always been committed to us. But, um, but yeah, like you're the three headed guard monster that you had. Plus all the guard that you had come off the bench. If you count Butler, yeah. technically he's and a plus your number one, uh, your number one post guy off the bench in in yeah. EJ. So I mean, even this year, you know, with with Bridges and Loner, you know, coming in and playing key minutes, you know, we've as a team, Baylor's always been, you know, active in with transfers, and now with the portal, active in the portal, and I'm they're going to be active in the portal. They're going to bring in more players from other teams this this offseason. And I also think it's maybe we're going to more like a some bigger bigger guards than what we had this past year. Yeah, one of the things uh, I was talking to our friend Brandon McKinnon about was um, that I, I feel like Drew might be going back to his old self where like where he's looking – he. We've played kind of smaller for a few years now, and it really worked well in the national championship year because you had um, a generational group of guys defensively that didn't need to be long. Like they were just such good one-on-one defenders. Yeah. Um, And I think Drew's tried to recreate that the last two years. And he's realized like, man, like I don't have the same just like generational one-on-one defenders that I did that year. Um, anymore and so I think he's I think we're going to go back to some of the older defenses that we saw maybe a little bit more zone but um, I think 
overall, like the foundational piece here is Drew is going back to getting long and and big again, which is what made us successful a long time ago under him as well. And I think it's what he's comfortable with coaching. So um, that's what I'm seeing is we're we're going to get big again. Then on the women's side, we had it was disappointing, but it was kind of like. Hey, we, a, we took UConn. In a way. We took, we took UConn. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Is like, in a way, it was like, I'm optimistic. I'm almost more optimistic on the women's side than the men. And I I, I suspect that the men are going to be just as good as, as they were this year, last or next year as they were this year. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I'm just ready for, like, Nikki Collin and her team to, like, cook next year. I can't wait. Yeah, I um, I've seen a lot of uh, conversations about coaches that aren't her regarding Baylor and Baylor women's basketball. So, well, that's because what happened on the of who yeah, won the tears. Who cares though? Yeah, I don't. Um, let's let's focus on our folks. No, I think I agree yeah. with you. Like I've all, like I think you and I have said since she got hired, like give it four to five years like <laughs> this is a rebuild so um she'll head into year three it wouldn't even surprise me if they took a little bit even further of a step back because it's still transitioning like kind of that the leadership that was left over um like the girls that had been around for a while i think you're gonna have to like transition into probably some new leadership and the youth starts taking over a little bit more um it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if we have another season like we had this year, maybe even slightly worse. Um, and then year four is when you start seeing like major progression and the year five is where things start blowing up. Um, so that's that's kind of the timeline expectation that I have, at least. Yeah, but I mean, you're going to have. Some, you know, like Asia Blackwell coming back. Mm-hmm. So and then the, the freshmen that you have that are coming off of this team had. <laughs> Phenomenal season. I mean, you have a good core nucleus there to to build around. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're losing the heart. You're losing the heart. Absolutely. No doubt about it. So, no more Caitlin Bickle. Yeah. And make no mistake about it. Like, Caitlin Bickle. I was, She's the, she was on the, the record. On the record of saying, like, they should have, like, like they should retire her like jersey like now. Yeah. Maybe we should no, go she's ahead an all timer. Yeah, no doubt about it. And so yeah, that'll be that'll be uh something to to watch to watch that space is who they feel that role with. And I know they got a transfer from um in the transfer portal they already committed. So that kind of plays that same role as as Caitlin. So we'll see how that how that progresses. As the women get ready yeah. for their season in the, during the off season and everything they got going on, basketball is now officially over. Basketball is officially over, and we love our our Baylor baseball and softball fans out there. Um, that's just uh, we just don't consume that sport in college. We just don't. Yeah. It's just that's that's all it is. Baseball. Which softball, all, I hope they're I very know. successful. Yeah. Which I watched. I watch Major League Baseball. That's pretty much it when it comes yeah. to baseball. And I, I I barely watch Major League Baseball. I, mean, I watch a lot of Major League Baseball. Yeah, I quite big... enjoy baseball. I just don't enjoy college baseball, and I'm not a big softball fan. So, 
if it we'll we'll try to touch on it if like there's there's newsworthy things to talk about we'll definitely talk about it but i mean it's not covered did just knock off uh top like five tennessee five, team. Disney, yeah and they're number 21 so like really that's that's really what you will be watching if, if that team is making it to like the regionals and the super regionals, yeah, the softball absolutely. team, I will certainly become a very quick Fairweather fan. Absolutely. I was thinking about this week. I was like, when it comes to to baseball and softball for Baylor, um, we're very much Fairweather fans. Yeah. And I, I, same thing with baseball. If if they went on a run and were, you know, making it to like finals of a Big Twelve tournament or regionals, like we'd be all about it but baseball just hasn't been the same since max garner left that's just what it is you know yeah i mean how can you how can you ever can't argue with facts you can't argue with facts joe i mean that is what it is he's the heart and soul of that program (laughs) all right let's talk about football i guess (laughs) okay so spring football still going on um have you heard any reports or anyone who's who's been in um talked to anyone who's maybe seen practices or have you read reports? What is your takeaway right now about I guess this is week two of spring football? I don't know maybe. nothing about it, man. Uh <laughs> the spring football, it is um and, and with what we're concerned it's about such a nothing thing. I mean, the only thing I can know really is the or the biggest thing right now in spring football is players who change positions and how they're doing those positions really. And you're really not going to know a lot because, well, first of all, the media doesn't get to see a lot, you know, when they do get those, like how 20 minutes they get to watch a practice. I mean, it's not like they're seeing a, a lot anyway. And then the spring game itself is a pretty vanilla. You're not going to see a lot during that either. Are you fun- going to the green and gold game? I am going to go to the Green and Gold game. I will be there. Yes. I'm jealous. That's my my son's second yeah. birthday party is that day. So I won't be there. I'll be there. Absolutely. Um, So we'll see what that has entail. I mean, from what I've seen, you were not going to answer any questions during spring. Especially oh, in no, the, no, we're not going to know anything. Like quarterback competition. Well, of course, like Blake Shapin looks great. He knows the offense. He's gonna look great. Sawyer Robertson is doesn't, so he's gonna look good and athletic, but still needs to get more command of the offense. Well, that's expected. This is his first set of practices. So really, I think you're not. Gonna I'm more excited to see what happens after Texas's spring game than anything, because I just cannot wait for that fan base to implode upon itself, deciding whether or not it's Quinn or if it's Arch. I'm more excited about that than than. I still think that ours is... because I just know we're not going to get any information on ours for a long time. So I'm just more excited to watch Texas fans go crazy. I hope they don't get anything on theirs. If I was Sark, I would no, say no, that's the in, thing though, is they are going get... to try like that. Yeah. They'll go out there and the, t- this, the two dudes could have the exact same day, like throw for the exact same number of passes, the exact same number of yards, the exact same number of mistakes, everything. And they're still going to be half that fan base sitting there saying, oh, my God, Quinn is him. And there's going to be some like half the fan base is going to be sitting there like, wait, did you not see like the angle on what Arch threw? Like, oh, look, at this just a perfect, beautiful pass. Like, I mean, Arch I Manning wait for isn't that good or arguing that's going to happen. I just don't think Arch Manning is everything people makes it out to be. And that's just my opinion. 
Look, the guy is clearly I've watched. I have watched him play a high school football game. Um, he's Very clearly, low level in, in Louisiana. Yeah. Well, that competition that was what is I saw there. was was he uh, he clearly is talented. Like the yeah. guy, he has good ability. He's clearly been coached up well. I don't know who would have taught him how to throw a football. Um, but no, the guy clearly knows what he's doing. But yeah, the competition that he has played against is uh, is interesting. <laughs> Like he, the teams that he's playing against are not, yeah. not. And his numbers look amazing in in season. Then they go to the playoffs, and because in Louisiana there's no like, um, I think at the time like they don't split like private school public. So oh really? Then oh, the well, competition there's, there's competition ratchets up. There's probably like more private schools in Louisiana than yeah. schools. So then the competition ratchets up, and he doesn't look quite near as sharp. So, but we'll see. Maybe he's going to be a great college quarterback yeah i'm just more excited to see that like uh, see texas fans try to act like spring football is anything more than spring football because that's all it is we had them i had tech i have friends who are texas fans and they were telling me like back whenever he committed like they're like oh he'll sit behind yours yours will go to the nfl and he'll come take over and i was like are we sure yours going to the nfl i mean that's we're, we're certain okay this is before last season, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they thought, like, yeah, yours is going to be the best quarterback in the country last year. And as we saw watching the Baylor game, they stopped letting him throw the ball and just gave it to Bijan every single play. Yeah, I mean, you do that when you have Bijan. It was, but it was also like Roshan Johnson. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't. But I'm saying they just ran the ball down Baylor's throat because he was not throwing the ball very well to a not great Baylor secondary. Yeah, he he didn't he didn't look look great. He's he's talent like he's again like he's talented, but he's just like young and I think I don't know in his head. Just not, not I mean, good. just from his whole story, like didn't play a senior year of high school. He reclassified to go to Ohio State, then. Transferred and left Ohio State with the Texas. So it's just which he's already committed to Texas. He he that's he would have started last year anyway if he would have played his senior year at South Lake Carroll. True. And just gone like he initially planned to, but but I don't know what his situation is. He's to me, I think he's probably in his head too much. Yeah, we'll see what happens with him. And yeah. But yeah, uh, Baylor wise spring football though, like I don't know. Um, I'm not, I'm not that into it. Like I would love to go to the spring game just because I, I want to scratch that football itch. But um, I don't. I'm, I'm not looking into anything. Like there's, there's going to be articles that come out, and pe- there's going to be observations that people make. That's going to say this person is so amazing, and this person stood out here, and this person didn't look good here, and, and there's so much. Yeah. There's so much that's going to happen with these dudes over the next, you know. Uh, five months or so before we get to the first game, and um, yeah, and it's not going to be like last year because last year, you know, there's a quarterback competition, and right last year, last year we we knew we were going to hear about it because Aranda told us like, hey, we're we're going to come out of spring with a starter. Yeah, and even the year before that, you know, it was like we're you know the battle for number two, and it was between Blake and Zeno and. In watching that spring game, everyone came here with like, well, yeah, like Blake Shavens was clearly better. And then, you know, he, then Zeno ended up transferring after that spring. Correct. Yeah, and then UAB now. 
Yeah. And then last spring, of course, we saw like what happened in, and Gary transferred after that spring. Yeah, I don't. You, we've talked about this. I think whenever they open spring football, we don't foresee that there's going to be any kind of decision on quarterback made in the spring. Absolutely not. I don't think that. And we're that wouldn't hear be anything that wouldn't be fair. August at the earliest. I don't think that'd be fair to like Sawyer to do that. So, um, yeah. So absolutely, and and like you said, it may be not till after the first few games. We may see both of them played in those early season games. Yeah, I still think the first depth chart that we get is going to have the or on it at quarterback because they our team loves the ors where you know it's a starter is player X or player Y instead of you know player X one and then having the second and third strings listed under them. So it wouldn't surprise me if we see a QB Blake and there's so much that goes into that. Yeah, there's like gamesmanship and then. They have to put one of those out, I guess. For the now, media. I will say this: I do not believe that we will go into the season with a multi-quarterback situation where we say, like, "Hey, this guy's going to get a couple series, and this guy gets a couple series." I think we go into the season with a named starter. I don't think Jeff Grimes is going to play that game. You Which think is something you, that, if even you remember, like we the, saw during the, the Matt media. Rule era. Yeah, you don't think they'll be like. Um... Blake will start this week and then no, he'll start week two. No, that ain't gonna happen. Yeah, there will be a named starter before the first game happens. And I will say this if if Blake is substantially better with his footwork and he's obviously after fall, he's obviously like playing best. I'm not, I'm not one of these. There's a lot of people who are like Blake shaping like. They're scarred from last year, and they just don't want to see him. Yeah, the, the never Blake Shapen crowd. Yeah, they just don't. They just they think Sawyer's going to be it, and he's he's him. And then Blake Shapen just not be able to keep up with him once he learns the offense. We'll see. I mean, Blake's been in the offense three years, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, he's I mean, been here since Grimes was he's, here. So he's going to have like an overwhelming command of the offense <laughs> from a kid. Maybe who just came in, but yeah, again, like. Sawyer may be like physically better and just even if he has this a little bit knowledge of the offense, he's better than shaping for the team for right. the offense. So, and you know, that could we'll have to see. I'm more interested kind of on the defensive side of the ball because how the secondary looks because it was a train wreck last year. Um, they've, they've moved some people around who from corner to safety. Um, and we'll just, I want to, I'm curious to see how that all plays out. And we had people transfer out. So that's what I'll be looking at in the spring game is, is mostly I'll be looking at the secondary and on the defensive side of the ball, because it wasn't what you would expect to see from, I know Dave Rand is not technically not the coordinator, but it's, it's his defense that they're running. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be, have a more active role, especially because, this is going to be Palage's first time as like a true the solo, solo yeah, for so sure. I think I think Aranda will be much more willing to be a uh, uh, a mentor than he would have been with Ron Roberts, who was his mentor. You know that kind of thing. So, all right, well that's football. I know we have written down on our show notes that we're we're supposed to talk about draft quarterbacks, but I don't really want to. <laughs> you should, man. Your your team is right up there. 
Yeah, no, we're gonna draft either CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. Like that's just that's, that's the way what it we should is. talk about. It. We should be like, you know what you should do? You should trade back and get Anthony Richardson. That's what that's the play. I mean, we already have the twelfth pick. I don't need to trade back. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but get more pick. I mean, we could we could draft a defensive player at two and then get Anthony Richardson at twelve. Like I don't know. I say well, keep two. Get the best. Get the best guy that's on your board. You won't get Anthony Richardson at twelve. So Anthony Richardson is a top ten pick. Maybe. Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson weren't top 10 picks. But Mitch Trubisky was. Like, the yeah. NFL, NFL teams are stupid. They talk to themselves into doing stupid things like drafting Will Levis. So. No, yes, I, I, Richardson should be before Will Levis. I agree with you, but he won't be. The, the other thing, the other part I mean, of it is like Richardson is, is boomer bust. Like, you just don't no. know what he's going to be. No, he is like. Gifted athlete. Yeah, he is. I don't know for a for a team like the Texans to take. You can't take Anthony Richardson at two because they just you can't take him. You can't and, so. and start him. But then again, yeah. the kid needs experience because he's only started one season. Correct. That's part of the problem. He needs snaps. To get better. And he has uh, to land in the right system. There's there's a lot of things that have to go right. All I mean, you can say that about any quarterback, really. You put the wrong quarter or you know, wrong quarterback in the wrong system, then it, it doesn't matter goes, how good they are. I bet he goes four to the Colts. I'd be cool with that. I'd be that's cool the, with them. Gambling. I think that's a good system for him because they hired the Eagles offensive coordinator as their new head coach, and he kind of has experience taking a quarterback who's not – who has other skills and kind of utilizing those skills and building offense around him, which is what you would have to do with Richardson. Gotcha. Well, you've tricked me and I'm, uh-huh. I said, I didn't want to talk See, about it. So I'm just going to say, talk about it for five yeah, minutes. I talked about it. There you go. <laughs> uh, I, I, I hope the Texans draft Bryce young. That's who I want. That, that's my two cents. So he's kind of small. I know, but uh, he's really, really good. And we have like the best left tackle in the NFL. So it's like the one position yeah, that we don't, that we yeah, don't need. Cause I about. think CJ is definitely going to one. To the Panthers. I think you're right. I think it's done. Yeah. Well, there you go. So All I right, kind of have it Let's... reversed in the in the order, but so we're gonna jump into what me and Joe came here to talk about, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh let's start off with the Mandalorian. So okay, we're gonna start off with the Mandalorian. You want to start have off? You Mandal- wa- have you watched? I have not watched The Last of Us. So just uh let's start off there. I have not watched it. Have you watched Lasso? Yeah, I'm all caught up. You're caught up in Ted Lasso. Wow, yeah. you're the good friend. Okay. Okay, let's start with Mando. Mando spoilers. Spoilers for The Mandalorian. And we'll just go ahead and say spoilers for basically anything in the Star Wars universe. Um, And then yeah. uh, also probably spoilers for Ted Lasso later. So there you go. All right, Matt. Tell okay. me what you thought of um, Mandalor- or Law and Order Mandalorian unit. Yeah, I don't even know. I think it was like chapter 22 because I always come out with the titles later. I don't know what it was titled. It's episode four of this current season of the Mandalorian, which is like guns for hire. I think is what the title is. Yes, that is correct. Guns for hire episode four of season three, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Three and a half. If you count both of it. So you count both of it. I guess half of that was uh, Mandalorian. So did you like this episode? It seems to be a hot button topic on the forums. So here's the thing. I I personally liked it. I thought it was a fun episode. I have questions, no no doubt about it. 
But I, as I was watching it, I was like, this is fun. I'm, I never thought, I never got angry watching it. Like, I'd have seen some people be like, this is, this show pissed me off. And I was like, I didn't get that feeling. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I like the, like, it switched into like, like you talked about Law and Order, like a, a, a procedural crime drama in the middle of it. And then the last five minutes were like wild, wildly weird. So, yeah, wildly weird. Um, this, this one to me, it felt out of place. It felt a bit absurd. It felt wacky. Um, it didn't seem like it had the right tone for what this show is or what a lot of star Wars we've seen is. And I quite enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, wouldn't like what, it if it was this all the time. This but... is what I, the Mandalorian typically is. You know, I, it's like a, a you know, yeah, paper a side of the quest week. episode. Yeah, every week's a different, like, we're going to a new planet, we're doing this, we're doing that. Um, Here's my thought, though. Like, I see people, like, when, it, when I say it doesn't fit into stuff, I, I like it when Star Wars does stuff like that because Star Wars isn't a city or a state or a country or, like, even a planet. It's an entire galaxy of... yeah. Just like vastly weird different yeah. things, and we're in the outer um, rim right now where they're at. Yeah, in the, you're in the, in the you're in the wackiest part of this wacky place. So, um, some wackiness should happen every once in a while. Um, I I really really enjoyed the guest stars that were in this one because we got we got Jack Black, we got Lizzo, and we got Christopher Lloyd. Um, to be honest with you, I think the worst part of the episode was Christopher Lloyd. Um. Well, it's so at parts of me. I wish they wouldn't have that many get known guest stars, right? Yeah, it was a it, lot in one episode for sure. Because or use makeup, have them be an alien, like they've done that in the past with other other Star Wars shows. Where I'm fine with know, letting people be them in, in this. Uh, my, I think just takes me, the only issue that I took had me out was a little that, bit. Like, took me out a little yeah. bit of the sh- of the shit. I, what was weird to me was that Christopher, like, okay, so like Christopher Lord, Lloyd turns out to be the villain. He's like using these nanobots to reprogram droids to attack people because it turns out that he's a old school separatist, separatist yeah. um, that hated the original Republic, hated the Empire, and then hates the new Republic. And he was loyal to but Count Dooku. Loves Count Dooku. Yes. Which, okay, fine. That's a fair motivation. I can understand why you would do that. But then all of a sudden at the very end, he's like, I'm so sorry that I did this. Like, what? No. Where did that come from? Why are you sorry now? Um, There's a lot like that. Like the last, the Mandalorian fight, like the last five minutes, I was like, what is? what are we doing here? Oh yeah, when they when when they go and see the rest of the Mandalorians and it's yeah. like, okay, we found a way to get Din Djarin to give her the dark saber. Yeah, I won't lie. Found a I one hundred percent thought that when she picked up the dark saber and used it in the second episode, I was like, I remember thinking, I was like, doesn't that make it hers now? Because that thing defeated Din Djarin and now she claimed it. Like that's what yeah. I remember thinking. That that's how that works. So because the thing that defeated him took it. Correct. So I think, um, it you know. I remember thinking that in that episode and you could tell they wrote it that way just so that they could get to this point. Cause they, they had to give it to her somehow. Um, 
but I thought I didn't think they did a good job of writing that in there. It just wasn't yeah. it wasn't the best piece of of screenplay writing I've ever seen. Then I don't know what like so the the show's called The Mandalorian. And so is it like Din Djarin, is he the Mandalorian? Like when he got the dark saber, we thought, okay, now he's gonna come back and or a lot of I shouldn't say we, but a lot of people the, the speculation was that he's gonna be the one who's gonna kind of unify Mandalorians and you know, go back to Mandalore. I mean, then he kind of has. And then people have been like, well, maybe it's they're talking about like Grogu because technically he's like he's a family, he's a Mandalorian, and it was gonna be his like coming of age, being force sensitive and be a Jedi and a Mandalore, which would be interesting in Star Wars lore. And then they introduce like basically, basically like like for the last couple episodes, like Bo Katan's the star of the show. Sure. But... She's the best fighter she's most capable she plans better than any of the other mandalorians whenever the kid got taken by the whatever pterodactyl you know it was her plan and everything so i don't really just confused i'm just confused about the show i don't think i was i don't think i'm confused i just i think it's a story about mandalorians and i think that's what it has evolved into and so i don't care that the name of the show is the mandalorian I, but I do believe like like Din Djarin is the driver for all of this. Like his actions are what's bringing people. To, he found this uh, Mandalorian covert that has the blacksmith that is kind of like this leader that's kind of now giving orders to Bo-Katan on how she can reunite and bring Mandalore back together without without Din Djarin. Those two never meet. Um, so he's kind of like this bridge that's between uh, Bo-Katan and her roots like she never goes back to Mandalore and gets in the the holy waters if uh she doesn't go there to rescue Den um she never gets the dark saber if he doesn't defeat um Moff Gideon for it and like they don't even know that Moff, they wouldn't even know that Moff Gideon had it if it wasn't for the actions of the Mandalorian so um I, I think he is still the main character and the protagonist but I think there are huge personalities in a larger story that they are trying to tell and trying to connect. As I mentioned to you and Peter earlier today, I think, I think the point of this story arc is eventually going to be something along the lines of this is how we get to the first order that we saw in the force awakens. And it's basically going to eventually be a story of how the new Republic fails. Um, And it's going to be told from the point of view of the Mandalorian. And I think, I I think think that's what we're headed for. I think Whenever they announced like the what Rangers of the First Republic or whatever it's called of whatever New Republic that show that they were going to do with Gina Carano as one of the leads, and then they ended up firing her. I think a lot of that story is being put into Mandal this season of Mandalorian, which that wouldn't the, surprise me at all. Like with the reeducation, to be a... all that or reentry, whatever they're calling it, um, with former imp- Imperials into the the Republic. And because like he had that weird episode a couple back where it's like most of the episode, there's no Din or Bo. They're they're at the first first couple minutes and at the end. Yeah. You have Dr. Pershing, the whole episode. Dr. Pershing. So it's like and then you have a little bit more of that uh, last week as well. Whenever um, that ranger goes and they go to to help uh, Navarro. And then you have more like Jack Black's character who's part of that same program. Yeah, who definitely seems awkward and not fully rehabilitated. 
Yeah, I mean, partly I think that's just Jack Black, <laughs> but that um, the so yeah, but I do agree. I think that it's obviously we're going to see like this is not going to be a working plan to yeah, re- I, yeah. reintegrate former Imperials into the New Republic. It's yeah, and this is the out. Star Wars way now is create a movie trilogy and then uh, realize that you created massive plot points or unanswered questions and then come back later with some other different form of media to fill in those gaps. Yeah. Because I think everybody was like, we got into Force Awakens and it was like, oh, okay, so like a different version of the Empire is back. How did we how did we even get here? Like this doesn't this isn't that long. We did. We got to find out. You're telling me that all that work that Luke did, like it didn't even last that long. Like he's Luke is Luke is still very vibrantly alive and seeing everything Luke, that he fought for was destroyed already. How did this happen? Low key. I mean, Luke is like the worst fucking Jedi. <laughs> There's ever been. Yeah. In the, in the non, he's got one extended win. universe, man. He is. And just a bunch is, of L's. <laughs> the dude, the dude doesn't get a fair shake because he is a super badass in the extended universe. Um, but yeah, in in the main the main line canon stuff, in they, canon, everything he, just, he does fails. He like, just sucks at everything. <laughs> he's really good at everything. It's just that, like, uh, no. Here's the, the thing. I think the force hates him. Here's the thing. <laughs> it, you're perfectly right. He's like. He's really good at everything, but he's not great at any one thing. You know, he has a bunch of things really good, but he's nothing like great. He resists Palpatine. A lot of people couldn't do that. Yeah, his dad couldn't do that. No, no, his dad couldn't. But he's no Obi Wan. Let's just go. Let's just say it. Yeah, Obi Obi Wan's. Uh, I love Obi Wan. So that's what's like, amazing. My my thinking about it is, I I'd, I'd kind of thought like, are they gonna? Are we are we like fast tracking to like we're gonna see how the first order started? Because you know John Favreau's comments about like the timelines like very vague. We don't know like. I I think that I think we see some characters that are already gonna be a part of it. Like I think you know we we have already learned that. Well, first off, the New Republic is shady. We're already learning that. Like they're wasting, yeah. um, they're kind of like wasting resources, essentially just throwing stuff away that they could use on people. Um, you know, they've just got like these giant yards of imperial technology that they're like, no, it was imperial, get rid of it. Um, they don't really seem to to care that much about like individuals. Um, and we learned uh, that. Moff Gideon, the main big, big bad, uh, the kind of the yeah, um, the the highest ranking leftover Imperial officer, um, you know, a Moff being uh, essentially a governor over a large area of a system. And I believe uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, he was like the grand governor of the entire outer rim, I think is what what he was. So like Moff Gideon would have been just below what Grand Moff Tarkin was and um who was the guy that was the the head of the death star in a new hope if you don't know who i'm referring to um but uh we find out that gideon it was never brought to trial 
Din Djarin did not kill him, instead gave him over to the New Republic to be uh, taken on for trial. Um, we find out that that never happened, and his ship is found. And uh, interestingly enough, Matt, there was uh, Beskar, which is a Mandalorian medal that was found at the site of his shipwreck where his body was not. Um, so it looks like maybe somebody hired some Mandalorians to go uh, break him out of his his little prison jet because they're mercenaries and they'll basically do anything for money. Um, so he's still out there. And I'm guessing him and uh, the the girl that I can't remember her name, but that turned in Dr. Pershing in that earlier episode who yeah. worked on Moff Gideon's ship. I think they're going to be core characters in what we see eventually becoming the foundation of what the first order will become. Yeah. I think you're, you're going to see uh, how, what was it? Snoke came to being and kind of like, or at least the foundation of that. Yeah. And then whatever Palpatine had going on. Although. So Palpatine in, in, and if the, the there have been cases where they've kind of leaned on the extended universe, where when Disney bought it, they said the extended universe is no longer canon. It's only the stuff that that is part of like the Disney universe essentially is was canon. They've been picking from it to but like, exactly Thrawn, that Thrawn has not prevented them from using that stuff from the didn't universe. Thrawn extended universe originally. Hmm. What was your question? I said it wasn't isn't Thrawn like when he extended universe? Ah, uh, yes, yes. And then he got brought into the main canon. Correct. Yeah. And like, I don't even think like the uh, the Darth Plagueis book is technically canon anymore, but most people accept that it is. But um, well, I think anything like the the Marvel comics, the Star Wars Marvel comics, like that's canon. So I think Plagueis correct. But there's a whole book. Own. There's a yeah. whole book. There's like a Darth Plagueis book where you get actually a lot of information about um, what's happening during the the prequels actually like there's star wars hasn't out always because Mm -hmm. of what obi-wan says in a new hope from a certain point of view yeah so i mean they can always wiggle the way around stuff yeah and i lost my train of thought uh i don't remember why i brought up the extended universe but yeah there was there was something i wanted to say there but whatever who cares well i mean basically it's like i think what you were getting at was basically like they can bring things from the extended universe in because they just kind of pick and choose what they want. Yes. Now, so, there was something specific I was going to say that maybe they would bring in, but um, I cannot for the life. Oh, now I remember. Yeah. So at this point in the extended universe, like there's a lot of uh, like uh, stuff that was written about how like Palpatine right now is out in the outer rim. And after yeah. he took over the galaxy, after he becomes the emperor, he takes down the Jedi that's mostly what he does is spend his time in the outer rim looking for Sith artifacts. And um, so it wouldn't surprise me if at some point in the show, we don't kind of run into a reference to him. So, well, there's only a couple episodes left. That's another thing. Like, how are we going to wrap up this story? And what's what's no- our, what's our end goal? The end goal is going to be like a unified group of Mandalorians together with Bo-Katan. Like, I think that's essentially what it's going to be. And then we're going to the way the the last episode will end on a reveal that Moff Gideon's still around. Like, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be like, okay, uh, it's going to end like, well, let's go retake Mandalore now. We've got all the Mandalorians together. And then it's going to be like, but now you also have to deal with Moff Gideon. He's back. It's going to be that kind of thing. Do you think um, we see any like they set up? 
the Ahsoka show any more than they already have. I Do would have said yes two weeks Rebels? ago. Any more characters from Rebels? I don't. I don't think so, man. I, I just don't know if there's time yet. May, maybe we see the uh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. The uh, the Mandalorian that's in Rebels, but that's about it. Because we Sabine. We, Ren. Yeah, I think you definitely see her because she would. She, her, she is an actress, right? That's that's attributed you, to the show. They, well, they, they've well they cast her for. I mean, we know she's casting Ahsoka, um, but like. Look, Bo Katan was tasked by the armorer to go find other Mandalorians. Oh, well, yeah, and that's knows, what she's she's done she here knows in this last Sabine's episode. out there somewhere. So I would think that you would see as part of that storyline, they even like next episode, they may run into Sabine Ren. And then that kind of sets up. That's fair. They did show us Zeb already. Uh, yeah. unfortunately, it was just for two seconds, but I just want Chopper. You gotta you gotta have Chopper come in. <laughs> well, they've all been cast like Harrison Duel has been cast. Sabine Wren. I mean, you saw that, like you said, they already have like Zeb's already been in the Mandalorian. So it's, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that you're going to see more Rebels characters or, but I think the highest likelihood is we do see Sabine this season. Yeah, probably. Because I think it's so I, I supposed to start. I, I've thought summer. that, but. I don't know. We're just because we have what? Yo, dude, they do wild stuff. Left? With Mandalorian, Boba, like Favreau, Filoni, they do wild stuff. You may yeah. have a whole episode that is just the Rebels <laughs> That's before true. the finale. No, <laughs> it's just it's literally just uh, Grogu sitting down watching an episode of Rebels. That's that's what the yeah. episode. Is. I know that's nothing. Grogu was is absolutely. I know he's a baby, but he's useful. You should have kept him with Luke. You should have stayed with Luke. Because you don't do anything. Yeah. Except, except I wish Lizzo would, like, win, cheat at whatever game they're playing. Yeah, I mean, he's he's he has a good grasp of the force. And, yeah. like, he can defeat young, like, he could just, like, really defeat young Mandalorians. Because he kicked, the, he kicked that kid's ass. So, um, he can navigate because he saved Din. So, it's it's almost like, use him more. You've given us like talking. three things that he's done this 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 yeah, season. He flips. He he does stuff with the force. That's pretty he, cool. He though. defeated that whatever that creature was on Mandalore, right? No, he didn't defeat a creature. He yeah. ran. He ran away and brought Bogatan to defeat a creature. Well, wait, not not the thing, but you know those like mo- those things that were in the wall. The in the oh yeah walls, yeah yeah yeah. And he put use the force and like push him out of the cave. Yeah, that's true. Before, I mean, then he went to the ship. But yeah, so. All right, let's talk. Uh, that's Star Wars. That's I'm enjoying that's this season. I but I'm a glutton for Star Wars. I enjoy all of it. I don't yeah, care. and you gotta think about it, like my part. My problem is I was hanging on to like Andor because I loved it so much. And it's not, yeah, it's a different show. It's, not, it's and yeah, you gotta. This is not that. So it's also a different time. Like that's the other thing I think I've yes. been thinking about is like Andor is in a time in the galaxy where nobody's happy. Yeah, this right is like now, peak like Empire in yeah. in Andor. Yeah, and now you're in this like new. Hey, we defeated everything's good, man. Let's all party. Everything's colorful. We're all happy. No more Empire is gone. So like, yeah, it makes sense that it's a little bit more wacky and absurd. All right, moving on. Let's talk a little bit more wacky and absurd with Theodore Lasso. Okay. All right. So you, 
this is their first time talking about this show. Okay. Um, yes. On the pod this year. Um, this is the final season of Ted Lasso. They are also on uh, season three, episode four, but this is the final episode. But we're getting twelve, so we still have we still have eight remaining. We're a third of the way through. Um, so give me your give me your thoughts on the first third of of the final season of Ted Lasso. Um, it's just such a good show, man. Like it is. I always, I, the only downside to show. it is that it comes out weekly. I want to know what happens. I, I want to see how these That's people it. resolve things. <laughs> and and I was late to it, so like I watched the first, I guess two back to back, and that's even worse because then I had to wait several days for the the third one to come out, and then now I'm like back. Now I'm to like week to week, so it's like ugh. Yeah, Being I want to watch. I just want to sit down. I want to like when I watched season one, like I've been to the whole thing. It was over when I started watching it. Like I didn't, I, I wasn't in on it from the jump. I came with that word of mouth over to it. And then I watched, by the time I watched all the way up to like episode 10, I think, you know, they'd already, they'd all aired. So I didn't, I got to binge the whole thing. When I, when I started season one, there was only two episodes out. I was, I started it pretty early on. Um, But so I've been week to week with this show for a long time and I hate it, uh, <laughs> which um, well, th- with this, I think it's one of those shows like you could totally binge it, and it wouldn't do it any harm. As far right. as like, it's not, it's other not shows like like The Last of Us, for instance. It's hard to binge The Last of Us. That I watched week to week, and you really need a week to sit with the episode before you watch the next episode. Yeah, it's it's the same thing with like Game of Thrones. Like, there's a couple of times where you yeah. can watch you like Game of Thrones, where like you're on a cliffhanger and you're like, I want to see what happens next, but. A lot of Game of Thrones, oh. like you're just like, you're like, okay. Like, well, yeah, I, like I binged Game of the first three seasons of Game of Thrones because I was also late to that. Oh, oh, I was so I was like also early on Game of Thrones. I, I, went, I liked it before it was cool. So like I went through, like I watched the first three seasons like in a weekend before, like it was right. It was the weekend of the premiere of season four. And I was so still I, in college when I started watching Game of Thrones. I binged all that. And then so then. I walk out of my room and my wife and I was like, and it was just right after like, you know, what happened in, at the end of season three. And I was like, I'm really like emotionally, like, like I needed some, some time just alone <laughs> to sit with my thoughts. But yeah. But yeah, that, Ted Lasso is like not that, like that you because that, you're like, rooting for people and you're like, I want to see how they, I want to see how they resolve this stuff. Yeah. So. All right, so I'm going to ask you the 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 main question, okay? Um, where do you sit with Nate right now? Um, so I think he's conflicted about how he left um, Richmond, and he feels bad about conflicted. it. I mean, I think he feels I think- bad about it. I'm yeah, I think like, he doesn't. I don't think he likes the way he left. Or that he's didn't have this friendship with Ted anymore, and everything is because I mean the Rupert's not his friend, doesn't care about him. Well, yeah, and I I think even more than that, he's asking himself: Is Rupert the kind of person that he wants to care about him, or the kind of person he wants to be? Yeah, you know, and so on multiple occasions this past episode you'd see that he was trying to reach out to Ted and like things got in the way. Yeah. 
you know. So I I think I, you're gonna see a turn during the season for for Nate. Oh, for sure. He's gonna hit a redemption arc in yeah. some way. Um that doesn't re- absolve him of the things that he did, uh, you know, like outing Ted in season two and ripping up the yeah. believe sign and cursing Ted out. And um, I think Ted's like <sighs> Ted legitimately feels bad for him, which is yeah. why in this episode, when we get to see the tape of Nate tearing the sign, a Ted is the only one that doesn't laugh at him for not being able to like get up there on the first couple of tries and getting the sign, whereas the other guys are laughing at him. Um, Ted the entire time has that sad look on his face. And yeah, I think it, he clearly like he knew it was Nate because Nate told him off at halftime of that game. And then he comes back after the game's over. The the sign is ripped up sitting on his desk. Um, And so, you know, clearly Ted put it back up without telling anybody to try to protect Nate. And um, well, I think he feels some culpability in why Nate feels the way he feels. Yeah, I, 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 I actually like watched like a, an, like somebody did a, it was like a spoken essay on the psychology of, of Nate's character up to this point. And one of the things they talked about was um, good leaders are the type of people that know how to elevate um, those underneath them and like put them in positions to succeed um, and help build them up. That's one aspect of being a good leader but it was like great leaders and like the next aspect of like truly being a really, really, really good leader is then allow like understanding the needs of that person after you've elevated them and like helping guide them through the new way that life works now that they are like in a different kind of position Um, and, and really making sure that you're there to truly mentor them, not just like pull them up and then be like, all right, we'll have fun in this thing that you don't understand. Um, and Ted didn't quite do that after he kind of elevated Nate rightfully so though, because Ted was working uh, like he has a multitude of people that he, he loves and answers to and wants to help. Plus in season two where everything went down, he was dealing with massive amounts of stuff with him, with himself and you have to take care of yourself before anybody else. Um, And those are things that, I, you know, Nate didn't realize, but yeah, there's some culpability. I think that that Ted feels there. Um, but overall, I think he just legitimately feels bad for him and he doesn't he doesn't want he wants to protect him still. He doesn't want him to be the butt of the joke. He doesn't want he doesn't want everybody to be angry at him. He doesn't want those bridges to be burned for Nate. Um, so. Uh, it was uh, it was kind of sad to me seeing Nate not even get that opportunity to to express anything. Um, and I. I was super when I got done with season two, I was like high on the like fuck Nate forever. Like, I don't care. But now now watching through this this season so far through these first four episodes, I'm like, man, I really I really hope we get a Nate redemption. <laughs> I, th- I think we will, because, I mean, Ted has to leave. I think is this the finale. He's going to leave Richmond. He's I mean, going, yes. Yeah, that's to. why the show's ending. Because it, it's it's somebody asked the question of how long is this guy gonna stay away from his son? <laughs> I think is really what you know, and nobody had a good answer for that one. So I think I think that's what we end up with is that at the end of this, Ted leaves to go home to be with Henry, his son. And um I don't think he's gonna get back together with his ex-wife or anything like that. Um I don't think he's gonna I don't know, man. That a, was uh that look she had at the end of this last episode made me think like maybe she Maybe they will get back together. 
No, I think that was just like a look of happiness and sadness to me. That's the way I interpreted it was she was happy because he finally in some even if it was just so minor, it kind of annoyed me still. Uh, but he stood up for himself in a in a small degree. And I think she was proud of him for that. But then also, I think she was she was kind of crying because she realized how badly she had hurt him. And yeah, um, and that's a whole nother conversation with what she's done there, man. That's a giant, huge, giant red flag, ethical can of worms dating your um, dating your therapist, who was your couples therapist. And before that was your one on one therapist and is essentially the What's guy more that unethical on the therapist part. Yeah. No, it's so bad. So on, That's one on, of the main on, gripes that I've seen on Reddit, on the Ted Lasso subreddit, has been people that work in psychology um, and are either counselors or therapists or psychiatrists speaking out and being like, yo, this is like super not okay. There's laws against there's laws against this. Like they've literally broken laws or Dr. Jake has. And um yeah, basically like there's even some complaining of like hey like you're kind of making like like the mental health professions look bad here so i hope that there is some kind of comeuppance um and resolution with that relationship because it is it is not cool while we're talking about an ethical therapist have, how um far or have you started shrinking i watched like two episodes of it okay it is i don't think i'll watch it because it's, it's got good. the um it's I know it's going to be like the forced awkward show where um people are going to be upset at each other constantly because of simple misunderstandings and I don't like shows like that. It's, it was I would enjoy- say this, like the first couple of episodes good. that I watched were pretty enjoyable. It and I would suggest you keep watching it because it's not what it's not what you said just now the forced awkward. Like there's awkwardness in there but it's not that's the moment I got to the episode where the daughter buys cheeseburgers and comes home and he goes to play like tennis or whatever with his friend yeah. and she well, thinks he's lying. Be respectful. I'm like pickleball. Come on. Okay, whatever. Pickleball. <laughs> I like the moment that happened. I was like, okay, this is stupid. I don't want to watch it anymore because I'm not. I'm not going to watch shows where it's just like we have drama because people assume shit. No, it's that. And I'll, I'll spoil it for you. That did not cause drama. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that never comes back up. So it's it's a very good show. Uh, so I would I would definitely suggest finishing it. And it's made by the same people that did um Yeah, no, Ted it's Lasso. Well, also Bill Lawrence, who who's the showrunner for Ted Lasso is also involved. So and and not just and Brett Goldstein, yes. Scrubs. Yes. So um so yeah, so yeah, it's, I I would say think- finish it. It's it's very good. I enjoyed it. I th- walk every episode. I walk away with it, singing, "Man, that's such a good show." Um, real quick, back to Lasso though, because uh, man, we've been going for a long time. So this will be my last yeah. Lasso question for you. Um, there's a there is a pretty big theory out on the internet that's been going for a while now since season two. Uh, that Ted and Rebecca end up together. What is your opinion on that? Nah. Yeah. Okay. Thank God. I I don't know where people see it. I just don't. I don't know where people see it. I think Rebecca all. still has the thing for like Sam. Yes. Obviously. So and I don't even like I don't even think that's gonna happen. No, I don't I don't even. think Ted ends up with anybody. I think Ted goes yeah. like I think Ted 
I think one of the, like his mental health things is he has to learn to be like happy with him. Yeah. And I think that's what he's going to go do. He's going to go. And back I think they kind of laid the groundwork for that him. with like the sexy character saying like, you're a mess, you know, mm-hmm. while they enjoy their time together is like in a relationship, you're, you're a wreck right now that you wouldn't be good for a relationship. So he has to work when you're talking about the mental health aspects, he has to work on himself to, yeah, be happy just to be with himself. Yeah. And that would have been such a like terrible idea, even if she, because it would have failed. He was only asking her out because he realized his ex-wife was dating somebody. Like he was like, well, I guess I have to now. Yeah. I think he looked through the, what'd you take out of it? He's looking through text messages from his like therapist and it was just, her saying about reminders for the appointment. I think that was just to reiterate that this guy was Ted's therapist too. Like that okay. this is like, I think it was to reiterate to people like, Hey, this is why it's not cool. And I wonder if they wrote it that way because they wanted to create a situation where Ted could be upset about who she was dating because this show is pretty progressive and I don't think that they would be in a situation where they would find a way to justify him being mad that she was dating anybody. Like, even if yeah. it was say like a friend from back home or something, you know, yeah. he called and he was like, I can't believe you're dating this person. It's like, well, she's a grown, she's a grown adult and you're divorced. She can, she can date who she wants. So they picked the person where it was like, Oh, actually, no, you can't date who you want because this, you found the line and you crossed it. Yeah. And also, I mean, now that you say that, yeah, I mean, the the reading of that, how he was looking at his therapist, how they have a very professional relationship where she's right. not answering his text back or anything like that. She's very like reminder for our appointment. And that's that's and then he started thinking about his ex-wife and how Jake, Dr. Jake, which I have a hard time saying Dr. Jake, was um unethical, unprofessional. And and his and, wife was and to, too. And to quote Ted. It really ticked him off. Yeah, as it should. Man, he let her off the hook. He deserved her. He she deserves to get ripped a new one. Doctor Jake I, deserves to get ripped a new I, one more. I put less. I de- oh, definitely less blame on her. She is in a way. She's a also a patient. Of like, like I don't know how much consent you can truly give to somebody that understands the intimate nature of you in that kind of setting. Like that there's a reason why there are states that say you can never like there are literally laws and states that will disbar you from practicing your your craft as a therapist, psychologist or psychiatrist ever again if you ever romantically get involved with um with a former or current patient and I think like the lowest amount is like 3 to 5 years with like written exception for that to like be acceptable, depending on what state you're in uh, from what I've read about it. So yeah, it's like a huge no, no, a huge no, no uh, to do that. Yeah. So I'm I'm like you, I wish I had an episode to watch like tonight. Yeah. Same. I want to see what happens next. So we got to wait till well, Tuesday, Tuesday night. Yeah, because it, it weirdly I guess it's comes Wednesday, out but... at night. It, it's it weirdly comes out at midnight. I think, like, I, in London. I mean, <laughs> no, it's not even London because it comes out at eight here, right? Like eight central. I don't yeah, know. I, I normally central, watch it after nine o'clock when it drops, and is... that is that's that's like two a.m. in London. In my head, it's Wednesday, 
it comes out on Wednesdays. So then I forget like on Tuesday night that it comes out. So I, I inevitably start watching it like at nine 30. That's when I watch See, it. So it's, I, I like watching it on Tuesday nights because then I get a Tuesday night of, um, I get a Tuesday night of lasso and then I watch Mandalorian on Wednesday. Yeah. I do that too. I just forget until the very last minute and I end up oh, staying up too like late on Tuesday night watching Ted Lasso. So. Gotcha. So Joe, do you want some um, interesting like uh, Pac-12 media deal news? Um, is it like is it anything different than we've already heard? Um, it's funny to me. It's different. It's a new new angle. So about an hour ago. Max Olson of Athletic posted a story with Stuart oh, there Mandel. Is new news. Okay, I thought you were just saying. I thought you were just talking about the news that came out earlier no. today that said they, oh, they, they still like, didn't have a deal. Yeah, they didn't have a deal. They were expecting to do it. No, about how they're in talking with the CW. As oh, TV. okay. So I got a message from David Hornbeek, uh, from ODB earlier. That was uh, okay. That makes sense now because he said <laughs> this is this is what Hornbeek said was. TV Guide for Saturday, October 21st, 2023, CW 39, Houston, Texas, 11 a, or 10 a.m. Smallville, 11 a.m. Vampire Diaries, 12 p.m. Superman and Lois, 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. The LIV Tour in Azerbaijan, 5 to 7 p.m. Riverdale two-hour special, 7 p.m. College Game Night, 8 p.m. Utah at SMU, and 12 a.m. Washington State at Cal. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So things right. are going to be great. I did not understand the context of, of that <laughs> message, and now I do. So thank you, Matt. <laughs> things are going well with the Pac-12 in their ongoing year-long media. I rights. honestly didn't know the CW still existed. Well, I knew like like Supernatural, or I guess like there's like a spinoff of Supernatural's on the CW. And... That's about it. I used to watch a lot of Supernatural. It's a good show. It's like good junk yeah. food. TV. So this is like a prequel. It's called The Winchesters, and I'm just in clips. I've I've never watched it, but the only reason is because I think like um one of the actors from the original series, right. Jensen Ackles. Can I, can I admit of... something else to you? What? I've I've also watched a lot of Vampire Diaries. That makes sense, actually. So my uh, one of my very close friends uh, that lives in Waco, actually, that you've met at the tailgates a couple of times, Carissa, um, when she was pregnant years ago, um, I was visiting her and her husband, Chris, in Waco, and she was just like she was like super pregnant. And so she was just hanging out on the couch and she was like, I and Chris had to go to work. So we were just hanging out at the house. I was helping her out. And she was like, I'm just going to sit here on the couch and watch like seven hours of Vampire Diaries. And I was like, that sounds good. You're the pregnant one. We're going to do whatever you want to do. And uh, so, yeah, I watched it with her. And I was like, well, I kind of like when I went home, I was like, I kind of want to know what happens next. And so I, I watched a lot of Vampire Diaries. Is she still on? I have no idea. I, I have not watched either that or Supernatural in a long time, but I used to watch them. And I know like Supernatural is on like. 15 I've seasons. only I think they I think I've only watched them on Netflix though. Like I've never actually like watched it on TV TV. <laughs> but that would be hilarious. <laughs> They're on the CW. 
Well, Joe, we've been at it a long time. I think we're bumping up against like an hour and a half. So where can people find you if they want to interact with you or read more of your content or read any of your content? You can find me um, on Twitter at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman. Um, and you can find me occasionally on our daily bears, probably pick up some stuff this summer to do. Um, and then I'll get full gear into it once football season comes around on there. Uh, but yeah, you can find me in those couple of places. You cannot find the podcast any longer on the pigskin podcast network is that no longer exists. Uh, we got a note on Friday, March 31st. Yeah. Um, I think I just lost Joe. So we're going to end it there. Um, you find me at Twitter at Matt underscore Workman, where I'm usually currently rooting for the Mavs to lose to get a lottery pick. But and you can, like Joe said, you can find him at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman. Find the podcast at the Bear Den Pod on Twitter. And until next time, Bears. Mm-hmm.